0: You know, past love is my favorite. So, like, I love it so much. Well, good morning again. Um, it feels good to be back with you guys this week. Um, I missed you last week, but I was enjoying myself. So, I like missed you a little, but I was having a good time on vacation. So, <laughs> if I'm 100% honest. Well, today we are going to be in um, John chapter thirteen. And before we pray and read the passage, um, I I like I've learned that when I preach, I like to set scenes, um, like we're about to watch a movie, because I feel like it helps us, like be in the space. So this, this passage is during the Last Supper. Um, in John, we get a lot of information about what that went, went down during um, the Last Supper. So this is uh, when Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. He's just washed the disciples' feet. And then right after that, he talks about uh, the one who's going to betray him. He goes into talking about that. And then we have the, the scripture that we're going to look at, which is John 13, 34 through 35. And then it goes directly in Jesus for telling Peter's denial. So this is kind of sandwiched between some not so nice news. Um, so it's, it's, I think there's some strategy behind that, and we'll get into it. But the scene is we're at the Last Supper. They've just had this moment with Jesus that Jesus has washed their feet, then gone straight into a place where Jesus is saying, like, hey, the time is coming that one of you is going to betray me. And then and then one of you is also going to deny me. So that's a lot of like, there's just heaviness in the room probably. So as we get into this, let's pray um, together um, that God would just speak to each one of us. God, I just ask that you would uh, help our hearts and our minds be prepared for whatever you have for us this morning, God. Give me the courage to be transparent, and be honest, and speak your truth. God, we give you just this morning, and um, I pray that as we leave here today, God, that we will have learned just something new about you or even our calling or what life is to look like as we learn to continue to live in community with one another. We give you glory and we give you honor. Amen. So John 13, 34 through 35, it reads, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So Jesus is telling his disciples to love each other. And you might like... Think of the verse of like love your neighbor as yourself, right? That was that was part of what Jesus commands in the Gospels. It's like the golden rule. I don't know if anybody grew up hearing that, but I did. Like, what's the golden rule? Um, and so we think to ourselves, like, well, okay, yeah, you've already told us to love our neighbors as ourselves, like great, love one another. But you see, Jesus is actually like more talking to the disciples saying, you are to love one another. So Peter and John love each other. John and Judas love each other. So all of that humanity in that is like like this, this idea of desiring unity among them, not so much about loving the people outside. Does that make sense? So it's like When we're sitting in a room, we're talking about the loving one another. And so it goes a little bit deeper than loving your neighbor, right? Because we're living in community with each other. And sometimes when we're living in community with each other, it kind of gets hard to love one another. Because there's hurt, there's pain, there's there's human emotion, there's opinions, there's thoughts, there's all of these different things that kind of come at us. And as I was thinking this morning about this, I was, I was like, how? I think there was something so, there was something so necessary to these verses, um, because Jesus experienced all of those human emotions. He experienced that inner turmoil that we experience when you come up against someone who. Declares, the love of, declares Jesus but thinks differently than you or has differencing opinions of you, and he understood that inner turmoil of like, like I don't agree with you, but yet there's still love. And so he's reminding the disciples, you might not always see eye to eye, but love, you have to choose to love one another. You see, he, this... Like, obviously the Bible is written, and so there's parts that we probably are missing in the sense that, like, who knows if it was, like, Jesus washed the disciples' feet and then went straight into Judas denying him then went straight into this passage and then went straight into Peter. Like, there could have been conversations in between. There could have been a lot of things that happened in these moments. But as we read it, I think there's some strategy behind it because it's almost like, hey, you've just found out that someone that you've been doing life with for three years— is signing my death, is trading me over for me to be crucified. That's a a pretty big betrayal. And then on the other end, you're going to find out that someone else that you've been walking with for three years, one of my closest friends, is going to say he doesn't know me. That's a lot. That's a lot of trust broken. That's a lot of hurt. And so I think there's something to it that Jesus is saying, like, love one another. But it's more than just a feeling. It's more than just a, an emotion. It's an active love. It's a love that goes beyond, like, oh, I have this, this feeling towards you. Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't always feel loving. I don't always feel like loving. I have to choose. I have to actively choose to love people. I have to actively choose to love people that I don't agree with. And as I was thinking about this, like, okay, like actively loving people, when I was growing up I thought actively loving people meant always agreeing, tolerating, allowing pain and turmoil to continue because I loved them, because that's what love was. I don't think that's what love is. Because if we look about it, like Jesus tells us to actively love people the way he loved, he says to disciples, love one another the way I have loved you. And that's a key part that we have to remember. Well, how did Jesus show love? Jesus showed love, but he also asked questions, right? You look at how he interacted with the religious leaders. He asked them questions. He questioned their thoughts. He questioned their beliefs. He questioned all of those things. So actively loving someone doesn't just mean we say, sure, and walk away. But Jesus also made space for everybody, for those who decided, who were religious leaders, who decided to be like, you're right, this is the path that I want to walk down. Great, you're welcome but he actively also stood in spaces for those who were looked down upon, right? He actively chose to show those people love as well. I mean, look at his disciples. He had a tax collector. He had fishermen. He didn't have the, like, most prestigious He chose the people that like many would question, why do you choose to love them? But if they were deserving of of love, of his love, then shouldn't everybody else be? So we've got this command to love one another just like I have loved you so that you will love one another. And then he goes on and he says, it is by that love that people will know they are his disciples. It is through the love that they have, not for their neighbor, but the love that they have for one another, that will set them apart. How they actively choose to love each other is what's going to make them different. I think I think that's probably one of the hardest things we have to do today, right? As disciples, as followers of Christ. I look around this room and I easily love each one of you. Like I could actively love, meet whatever need you have, help in any way I could. But the act of loving gets a little bit harder with people that I don't agree with, but still claim the name of Jesus. That say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again. I, I, I believe that he's my personal Lord and Savior, but like politically, we don't see eye to eye. Socially, we don't see eye to eye. That gets a little harder, right? But see, Jesus, if I love out of a place knowing that Jesus loves me in all of my humanity, then in those spaces, sometimes that means I walk away. Sometimes it means that I ask questions. And sometimes it means I stamp up and I say, this isn't right. Like I look around right now with everything that's happening in the political world and the division that's happening, and I'm like, to the whole church, not to just to one church, but to the church the whole, we are fighting with each other. which is making no one want to come near us. Because you have to agree politically in order to step through a church door. That's not showing, like, that's not loving one another. I'm not saying you have to go and agree with someone who's on the opposite side. That's not what I'm saying. But they, I'm still called to love them not fight with them, not throw harmful things, not say, you're not a Christian if, fill in the blank. You're not a true follower of Christ, fill in the blank. People Right now, there is so much division that the love is almost gone. We only have enough love for those who see eye to eye with us. But see, Christ died for everybody. The love that he's talking about, he gave his life for every single person in in the world. Those who believe it and those who don't, he still died for them. He died for the religious leaders who persecuted him, and he died for the outcasts that loved him. He died for the people that claimed him and then denied him. He, has, he showed that love for everybody. It didn't matter if you checked all the boxes. And that's the love we're supposed to have, which seems super daunting. And honestly, we're human, so it's not attainable, right? Which super encouraging. Like, love this way, but you never will all the way. So what is active love? It's, it's more than just a feeling. It's not passive. It's a love that can be seen. It's a love that can almost be touched, right? But it's also a love that, that doesn't just meet our needs. One of the things I'm learning about myself is I'm really good at loving people the way I want to be loved. And I'm learning to love people the way they need to be loved. So the way that like Barbie might experience love is going to be different than the way I experience love. Or like the needs of Zoe are going to be different than mine. And that's okay and that's beautiful. But an act of love is taking the time and the energy to figure out how to love one another the way they need to be loved. The way love is big and, and, and so it takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. Active love is a commitment. Choosing to actively love those around you takes energy. Choosing to love those around you who are, have hurt you, who ha, who think differently than you, who, the list is long and long. takes even more energy. Active love is a love like when Jesus stepped in front of the woman who is about to be stoned. But at the same time, it's a love that asks the religious leaders hard questions. It's a love that also listened. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I read the gospel and I read the interactions with Jesus and the disciples and the religious leaders and they, like, go and ask him a question, and then he asks them a question back and then tells them a parable, does anyone get to the end of the parable and be like, okay, but I still didn't get my answer. (laughs) Right? Like anybody else? Because that's how, if I were a disciple, I'd be like, can we go back? Because I still don't understand. <laughs> but I think that's it. Like, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't like, spoon feed. I, I saw a thing today that was like, if you're in the church, this is the stance you should be saying from the pulpit this morning. And I was like, but that's, I could stand up here and give you my opinion, but you all have active brains. You all have your own thoughts and opinions and relationship with Christ. It's not my position to stand up here and tell you how to think. And if that ever becomes what Matt and I are doing, someone better say something. I, I believe that my job is to, act, like, to help ask questions. That Then everyone goes and tries to figure out how to answer them. Good luck. Because I can't. I don't have all the answers. And Jesus, who had all the answers, didn't give us the answers. So what makes you think I'm going to do it? An act of love, in my opinion, says all are welcome. Whatever your background is, there's space. We've talked about that over and over again. I think it's one of my favorite things. And then time I'm up here and I get to preach, like I literally look at that door and I like picture different types of people walking through the door and them like filling up the pews. And actively feeling that there's a space for them. An act of love does not condemn But there is accountability. So love isn't just about tolerating or shaming or correcting. But there's a love of, hey, I'm here. We're here together. We're doing this together. We're doing life together. We're figuring this out together. I mean, what, to you guys, and if anybody wants to answer, I'm going to leave space for it, but for you guys, what is active love? Because this is my opinion, right? We just said, like, these are the things that God, when I was praying about it, active love, this is what came to my mind. But does anyone want to share or have an idea of, like, for them, what does it mean to actively love? It's okay. Taking time. Yeah. Yeah taking time to listen, but taking time to be heard. Yeah. 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 Yeah, taking time, putting in the effort, 100%. Like, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to be willing To get to know one another. Yeah. Yeah. Intentional and vulnerable. Right? You can't have love that is like (laughs) one side, like that doesn't have any depth to it. Right? Like um, does anyone else hate small talk or really suck at it? Like I used to be really good at it, but then I married Jacob and I'm terrible at it now. (laughs) I'm awful at it. I'm like, so, how about that weather? But my insides want to ask, like, so, like, tell me about your family. But I'm like, is that too deep of a question? Like, you want to ask those deep questions because to actively love someone, you're right. You have to have vulnerability. You have to have intentionality. What was it? Seeking the thriving of others. Yeah, like encouraging them to do their best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not agree. Yeah, you still want good things for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, seeing people, that's a great way of like when we're sitting with people that we don't agree with, seeing them through the lens of God, seeing them as someone God created, right? and trying to like love them in that space. Because honestly, I don't think it's possible for us to love one another the way Christ loved loves us without that peace. If I'm trying to do it out of my own strength, I'm going to fail miserably. But if I'm depending on the the love that God has shown me and I'm like, "Okay, God, I don't like this person a lot right now, and I'm really struggling" with like what happened or I'm really struggling with their own stance or whatever it is, but you love them. Okay. So help me to take the time. Like you said, Joshua, to get in the trenches, to sit with them, to be intentional, to, to thrive, to want them to thrive. Yeah. So that everyone can thrive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. This like active shalom. I, I saw that, uh, I saw a quote while I was doing this by Martin Luther King, and it is peace is not the absence of war, but the presence of justice. If anyone on Zoom wants to chime in, Mike will be your spokesperson. Thank you, Rob. But all of those are so necessary for love. And there's so much more, right? There's so many more building blocks that we're figuring out together. Yes, exactly, absolutely. Like um, we, don't, we don't know what we're doing. We need a lot of grace and a lot of forgiveness. My, my hope and prayer for us as a community is that we continue to grow in love for one another, right? That we continue to learn to actively love one another, which means we have to be intentional, we have to take time, we have to make the effort to walk through life together, cheering one another on. But as we continue to do that in this community, I, I really do pray that that is what bursts out of this building, not just into the community around us, but to the rest of the church as a whole. That we actively learn to love one another so that that is like a tangible thing that people see that sets us apart. Because it goes so much deeper than this building, the people sitting here right now, the people on Zoom, the people who aren't here, it goes so much deeper than this community. But it starts here. If we can't learn to actively love one another, and be in relationship with each other, and trust one another, and even if we disagree, take the time to walk alongside one another hoping that we truly thrive then it won't go past those doors and it's scary right cuz we've all we all have hurts like everyone in this room is old enough for us to have baggage the ones in there they're not Well, except for Jill. (laughs) But, like, what beauty is it for them to be able to grow up in a community that actively loves one another no matter what? Where they're shown, hey, um, I see that, like, you and Stephanie might not agree on this, but you still are in community and love, like, actually spend time together. Like, oh, that's what love is. I think of so many people that I grew up with, my sister included. If they had actively been loved in the church, they probably would still be a part of the church. I pray that we are a community that actively can love one another and anybody else who comes through the doors so that slowly but surely, the church as a whole begins to love one another. And that is the focus, because it comes down to this. Just like the disciples love for one another, our love, our active love for one another should be the most powerful sign of our faith in Jesus. It should be the thing that sets us apart. Not our thoughts, not our opinions, not where we stand politically, not whether we agree or disagree, not what we've posted on social media to show our camaraderie but the love that we have for one another that's what marks us that's what sets us apart that's what makes us different so one church today go forth and love let's learn to love each other Let's learn to invite each other into our homes. Let's learn to invite people into our spaces. Let's show our kids that no matter what path they choose, we're cheering them on. No matter what path each person in this building chooses, we're cheering you on. God, we give you the glory and we give you honor and we give you praise. And I just ask a simple prayer this morning, God. That you would teach each one of us how to actively love each other. May we be open to learning together. In your name I pray. Amen.